Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 9. Everything is to be seen in its relation to God, our last end. Christ the Beloved speaks, If you want really to be happy, my son, you must make me your supreme and final end. Too frequently, your affections stoop down to embrace yourself and things created. Direct them on me, and they will be cleansed. When you seek yourself in anything, you at once lose heart and grow dry within. You ought, therefore, to refer everything chiefly to me. After all, it is I who have given you everything. Look upon each particular thing as flowing forth from the supreme good. That is the reason why it is to me, as to their origin, that all things must be brought back. From me, as from a living spring, all men draw the water of life, little and great alike, rich and poor. Those who serve me freely and willingly shall receive grace for grace. But the man who would glory in anything apart from me, delight in some good of his own, will have no firm foothold in real joy. His heart will not be opened wide within him, but in a multitude of ways he will be thwarted and hemmed in. So then, don't go writing down good deeds on your own account, and don't attribute goodness to any man. Give it all to God, without whom man has nothing. I have given you all, and I want to have it all back. What I ask of you, and that with great insistence, is that you should be thankful. There you have the truth, the truth that sends vainglory about its business. If heavenly grace gains entrance to your heart, together with real charity, there will be no envy there, no shriveling of the heart no monopolizing of your affections by any particular love. The divine charity overcomes everything, gives every power of the soul room to expand. If you are really wise, you will place all your joy, all your hope in no one but me, because none is good except God only. And he is above all things to be praised and in all things blessed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, Apostle of Rome pattern of humility, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. 
the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's really quite wonderful how the imitation of Christ anticipates its teachings in earlier chapters and then confirms its teaching in later chapters. How things that he says become clearer as we go along. And so tonight, he emphasizes real charity. Real charity. That is, the charity that's infused into our hearts. The charity that comes from the Holy Spirit. The charity which is a share in the way God himself loves. It's a share in how God loves. And this kind of loving, which is connected in some way to every kind of love that we have experienced in our human life, this kind of love lifts us up above what we are capable of on our own. This kind of love enables us to prefer God and his will to everything else. It's this love which enables us to prefer eternal life and to want eternal life for ourselves and for other people. And why is there no envy with this kind of love? Because this kind of love recognizes in every other single human person a fellow member of Christ's mystical body. And it recognizes that we all are united and therefore my good is your good and your good is my good. And envy is a kind of sadness about the good of another person as somehow blocking my happiness. But the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. And we cannot say to one another, I have no need of you. We are connected. Your good is my good. But yet he reminds us in this chapter of something he's been hinting at over and over again. That when we truly love someone with charity, it has to be in relation to God. So it sounds on the one hand like he's saying, you shouldn't love anything else. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, don't love anything else outside of God. Don't love anything else if you don't relate it in some way to God. That's why he says, refer everything chiefly to me. Refer everything chiefly to me. Don't glory in anything apart from me. But when we do love things in relation to Christ, then we get the proper order. And what does it mean in relation to Christ? It means two things. It means, first of all, as coming from him, he is the source, the origin, because God the Father made everything through God the Son. That is, God the Father made everything in imitation of his Son. And God the Father, with God the Son and the Holy Spirit, made everything, created everything as a kind of gift for the Son, as a bridegroom for his Son. He made the world as a kind of spouse for his Son. 
And the Son made the whole world by his divine power with the Father because he wanted there to be a world that he could show how great his Father is. And the whole universe comes forth from God the Son. But also we have to love things not only as coming forth from him, as having their origin in him, but also in relation to him as their end, as their goal. And you and I exist, and every human person exists, to be a dwelling place for God and the Holy Spirit. We exist in order to be united to Christ in the greatest possible unity there is. As his bride, as his mystical body, and this is the meaning of our life. And so we have to truly put things in their proper place. But when we do that, what do we experience? Joy. Twice he mentions joy in the reading tonight. Joy is a spiritual reality. I came that, that you might have my joy in you, Christ said. And I came that your joy might be complete. The joy that Christ wants us to have is a spiritual resting in spiritual goods, spiritual rejoicing in being united to God. And that joy no one can take from us, Christ said. When I see you again, Christ said, you will rejoice and no one will take that joy from you. Our joy is fundamentally in being in relation to Christ, to being seen by him, which means being aware of his presence. And if we are aware of Christ, and if we know he's seeing us, then we know that he's looking at us the way he looked at the rich young man. In Mark chapter 9, he looked at him and loved him. Christ is looking at us right now and loving us, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, true God and true man, loves us with an undying love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.